Hey friend, welcome to the Life Organized Podcast, Episode 7, When You Need to Create a Routine. I'm your host, Jenny Layton. We had a little bit of buildup to this episode. In Episode 6, we talked a lot about some of the emotional resistance you might be feeling to routine, and it's so valid and it's such an important conversation to have, and I really want you to be able to express this and feel frustrated about it if it's a thing for you. And if it's not, or if you're willing to kind of experiment a little bit with routines, then that's what this episode is about. It's kind of what's that next step if you're ready to create them, or if you already know you love routines, but you just want to implement them a little bit better and be able to leverage them and have them work for you, then you're going to love this episode because I have a system that I teach my clients when I want to help them create routines to automate their life. And it just works like magic. So I love this process. I love breaking down what are the individual steps that help create an outcome and just explaining them really clearly with a lot of examples. It's just so empowering to watch people be able to run with this. And so I'm excited for you to be able to experience this and play with it just a little bit. Okay, so a little bit of background. Um, Routines are just kind of the way to get a lot of tasks done. It is how our brain likes to work. So we're really good at them. And if you need to refer back to episode six a little bit to talk about why brains like routine so much and why they're such a part of our lives, then uh, make sure you do that because there's some good information in that episode. Um, But then, so intuitively, unconsciously, our brain will create some routines for everyday actions and behavior that we take. But then sometimes there are things that we need to do that are just, our brain doesn't catch on as well. And it's not quite as clear and unconscious in being able to make those things easy and automatic. And so that's where we need to know, okay, there's this process that I do. I need to, um, you know, be better about making dinner or menu planning or being able to spend this time with my child or doing some self-care and I'm just not getting it done. When you're not following through with some of those things that you need to get done when you get to the end of the day and you haven't done it or you procrastinate it or you're having a hard time being consistent with it, it's probably because you don't have a good routine established around it. And so this will help you know the right way to create that routine. So I'm a big fan of acronyms. That's when you have a word and each letter in the word stands for a certain thing. I feel like that's a really good way to be able to remember how to do something. And so the acronym that I use when we create a routine is called the PATH to a routine. P-A-T-H is the acronym. So each letter in the word PATH is going to stand for a certain step in creating a routine. So this is really important. I would love to see you write this down in your notes. I think a few episodes ago, we talked about how helpful it is to um, open up the notes tab in your phone and title it Life Organized Podcast, and then organize it by episode, and then write down the thoughts you want to remember in, in those notes so that they're at the ready, and you can pull those up anytime you need them. So that's a really great tip um, to help you remember this. Of course, I'm going to outline this in the show notes, so you can always check the show notes for this routine. But I I always think once we write it down, it just sinks in and it becomes something that is ours and we remember it a lot better. Okay, so PATH, what is that going to stand for? The first thing, the P, is to pick a specific task. So one of the things that I see when people are trying to create a routine is that they 
think I'm just going to, I've got an example coming to mind of a client that we were working with paper. They're like, okay, so we're going to do a routine around the paper. But we didn't, we weren't specific enough in saying we are only working on paper. And so we coached for several weeks and she was having a really tough time following through and being efficient and having success with that. And so finally we drilled down to what, what is it that you're doing during this session? And there, I have a friend who said her mom always called it might as well's, you know, as long as I'm doing this, I might as well do this. And I think that's something we all have a tendency to do. So while she was going through the mail, she thought she might as well go through her email. And while she was on her computer going through her email, she thought she might as well order her groceries. And then while she was ordering her groceries, she thought she might as well plan her menu. And I can see the logic. I can see the train of thought. But the problem is, is that is not one specific task. We're suddenly lumping together quite a few things. You're probably familiar enough with how we talk about the brain at this point to know the brain is not a fan of that. That's a lot of work and time. That's very complicated. You might get into some tasks that you really hate if you don't like cooking or, you know, you hate picking up the groceries or whatever. Going through email might be a nightmare. So suddenly you've got this situation where you're doing multiple things. And so anytime you're doing a routine, I want to start out with that P and say, pick a specific task and make sure you're not trying to do more than just that one thing. So we're going to talk about some examples in just a minute. We'll, we'll use this PATH acronym to go through several different routine examples. Um, but for the time being, just remember the P stands for pick a specific task. Okay, the A in PATH stands for assign the steps. So your brain loves to know exactly what it is you need to do. When you can clearly see what's expected of you, you're a lot more likely to follow through. People want to skip the step because sometimes they don't want to list out what is obvious. But again, I bring clients back to how important this is to know exactly what it is we're going to do so our brain can picture it. And also because we don't get tempted again to side, get sidetracked. You know, in that previous example that I shared with working on paper, if we assigned the steps very clearly to that, I get the mail, I go through it. I discard what is garbage. I take action on the papers that need to have action taken. And then I file away whatever needs to be filed or shred. Okay, there's three, four, five actions right there. And when we're that specific about it, then when it comes time to do the paper and our brain starts to think, and we should start checking texts right now too, we can come back to, no, these are the steps of what I'm doing. And it just helps us go into the activity into the routine with integrity that we're not going to try to sneak in a whole bunch of other things as long as we're being productive. And this is really important because the more confident your brain can be in this process, the more it can trust what it is you're really asking it to do. And the more often it does it, the more consistent it becomes. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, the more often the brain does something, the more routine it becomes, the easier it becomes, the more automated it becomes. This is an important part, even though it seems really obvious. And we'll go through this again with our examples in just a minute. Okay, I really like this next one. The T in PATH stands for time. And I want you to be super aware of the time that you're asking yourself to do this. Now, we are all different. We all have different energy rhythms. 
I can hardly function after about eight o'clock at night. If you've ever been around me or if you ever noticed me anywhere, my eyes start to get heavy when the sun goes down and I'm not very effective. So, but catch me at 6 a.m. in the morning and I have some of my best energy. And I don't know why. It's just the way my body clock runs. And I kind of mimic that in my week. I'm really good at the first of the week. And by the end of the week, I am relaxed, checking out, chilling out, and not quite as productive. So I have to be really careful when I am asking myself to do a certain task that I'm aligning the type of activity with my natural energy rhythms. So I'm not going to ask myself to go to lunch with friends on a Monday because I know I'm in a very productive mode and I save the end of the week and the weekend for something like that because I just know that's when I'm going to enjoy it the most. I'm not going to ask myself to do something complicated like menu planning that takes some thinking late at night because I know that by the time the night comes, I'm ready to relax and spend time with my family. So what are your time rhythms? What are, what's your nature? Keep that in mind so that you can align certain tasks with the times that you are going to naturally be most excited about doing those things. Okay, then the H in path is habit hook. And I think we've talked about this already. Habit hook is this idea that you can kind of pull the trigger on getting a certain routine or activity or task started. So if you already have a habit that's existing, let's say you always walk the dog, then and maybe you've got another task that you're trying to automate like you want to be better about eating lunch every day. Maybe the kids are in school all day and I have some clients that just don't remember to eat during the day and they know they need to. So let's say those that's the new habit you're wanting to implement and you always walk the dog kind of mid-morning or late morning. Well, then it becomes really easy to hook that new habit of wanting to remember to eat lunch with the old habit of walking the dog. And because you're consistent and reliable with that, your brain will start to associate the two habits. And so walking the dog will automatically get your brain starting to think about, and what am I going to make for lunch? And maybe that consistency will help. You start to get hungry and you start to see how you get a lot of momentum with that second habit because you're associating it so strongly with something that you already do regularly. Habit hooks are so effective. I'll share another one that's really effective for me. I always had the hardest time remembering to start thawing meat in the morning or starting the crock pot or making dinner preparations. And again, we've mentioned my energy rhythms. I'm stronger at the beginning of the day and then I kind of peter out by late afternoon and for sure by the evening. And I'm one, if four o'clock rolls around and I don't know what I'm doing for dinner, I've learned I just feel like all is lost. I guess we won't be making dinner tonight. And we'll do a coaching on that or we'll do a episode on that down the road on menu planning and how we can how we can approach situations like that because that's not always good thinking. But I know that is my nature to just feel like I don't like to think about dinner at four o'clock. I need to think about that when I have better energy. And so I had to use a habit hook that every time I got done with home base in the morning, part of home base for me, when I load the dishwasher and I'm ready to walk away from the kitchen, I think about dinner. What are we doing tonight? Do I need to start thawing some meat? Start that crock pot? Is there something fresh? I need to run to the grocery store and make that a part of my day at some point while I'm out. And so I've just learned for me that habit hook works really well for getting dinner started. And I think that's a great example of how a habit hook can work. So in any routine that you're wanting to create without a habit hook, 
You can even tell yourself, look, I'm good in the morning. We are going to make sure that we check our email in the morning. And then before you know it, it's late afternoon and you didn't do it. And it's because we need to pull that trigger. We need to have something that launches us into action. And that's why a habit hook is an essential part of this routine equation. Okay, so now you've got kind of the nuts and bolts of how to string together a routine, how to create a routine. So let's talk about some examples of what that could look like. And I'm just going to go with some classics. Okay, so first of all, we're actually going to talk about home base. You're probably familiar with home base by now. I think we mention it in just about every episode. I think it was episode two that we introduced the concept of home base. But in case you're just joining for this episode, let's just quickly review. Home base is that really high priority area of your home that when it's clean, you feel really good and you can function. And when it's not, you feel distracted, overwhelmed, and disorganized. So we concentrate and make sure we really um, keep home base cleaned up and make that a priority so that we can be at our best and kind of give ourselves the best start and the best chance for the day. So home base is a routine. And let's just reverse engineer this and watch how we really created, we used the path to a routine to create home base. So remember when we talked about creating home base for you, what was the first thing we talked about? What are the specific things that impact you when you want to feel like your house is clean? We talked about how that can be different from person to person But for you specifically, what does that include? I talked about how for me, I need to have a clean kitchen. So counters cleared off, dishes loaded. I like to wipe down my stainless steel appliances because those fingerprints just feel sticky and I don't like it. So for me, that's a thing. I also really like to have my bed made, my kind of my family room picked up and my bed made. That's my home base routine. So that's, that's my specific task that I'm doing. So think about maybe what yours is. We've probably already done some work on that, but if we haven't, now is as good a time as any. So go ahead and think about that. And then we just assign the steps in that example. We just got a little ahead of ourselves, but I told you what my steps were in cleaning the kitchen, um, wiping down those appliances, picking up the family room and making my bed. Those are my steps. So when I... It's go time. The kids are out the door to school or I'm just kind of in that space where it's time to take care of home base. My brain automatically knows what I'm asking of it because I've assigned the steps. So in home base, if it's not clear yet or if home base isn't working for you yet or you're having some kinks in there somewhere, I want you to just take a minute to reevaluate what are those steps and do you need to shorten them? I think in the home base episode two, We talked about how for some people, home base can shrink down to being just a counter or sometimes just the kitchen sink. Keeping that kitchen sink empty can be what your home base is. And as you work into getting organized, you can maybe expand on that, but we're going to just start with wherever you're at and get you organized. And so maybe that's the step for you. Okay, then we talk about the time, right? With home base, when are we going to do the time? And, uh, Again, when is your high energy time? You know, sometimes I have people that work and they leave for work first thing in the morning and it's just not realistic to do home base. So that's no problem. We just have to adjust it to when do you have the time? When you come home from work, are you ready to get some things done? Are you ready to invest in your home? Well, then that's the time for you to get home base done. Um, Do you run out the door to work out right after the kids go to school? 
okay, so maybe for you, home bases, when you walk in the door and you have that high, that energy high from having just worked out and those endorphins. So what does that time look like for you? And of course, the habit hook, what's going to launch you into action? So in some of those last examples, when you walk in the door from work and you put your purse down or you hang your keys up or you plug your phone in, can that be your habit hook that you immediately go over and start clearing off the counter and emptying the dishwasher? Or when you walk in from your workout, can that be, again, hanging up your keys, putting down your phone, you head immediately over into the kitchen and start doing home base without even thinking about it. All right, so that's maybe a little less exciting of an example with a routine, but I think it's helpful to start out with something you already have a little bit of familiarity with. All right, let's now talk about laundry. I feel like I've thrown the laundry example around a lot so far in these podcast episodes, and we haven't really done much with it. So this is a really good opportunity for you to consider how a routine could help you with your laundry. Okay, so specific task. Let's Let's get real with this. For you, does laundry mean just kind of washing the clothes that are in the hamper and then getting them put away? Like, is that is that the task? Because sometimes I see people that have a big pile of ironing that now emerges that needs to be done, and they hate laundry because they hate the ironing. Those are two separate routines. Maybe your mom did them as one. Maybe there's this unwritten rule in your head that it should be one. But if not ironing is tripping you up and keeping you from doing laundry, you got to break that up into two separate routines. So be careful with what it is that you're asking yourself to do in this routine. Pick something really specific. And I'm going to recommend that you just look at doing the laundry and maybe not loop in some of those extra, maybe, I don't know, something needs to be mended. I don't know. Do you still, do people mend anymore? I don't really know how to sew. Occasionally a button needs to go back on something, but I I recognize I'm not gifted in that department. So I bet a lot of you do more of that kind of thing than I do. Okay, so any other little task that might slip in there, let's get real with the specific task is the laundry. Now we're going to assign the steps and people might be saying, come on, Jenny, (laughs) this is so obvious. Why do I need to assign the steps? Stick with me here. Let me tell you my steps. Um... On Thursday nights, and this is getting into the time just a little bit, but we will, um, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll break that down in just a minute. My first step is on Thursday, I sort all my laundry. And then Thursday night, before I go to bed, I start the first load. And then Friday morning when I get up early, I start the second load. And then when I'm done exercising, I start the third load. And I just keep pushing loads through And so my steps are first to sort on Thursday sometime, to start a first load on Thursday night, third step, start the next load right when I wake up Friday morning. And then I pop in that laundry room and just keep running those loads. Now, my folding step doesn't come until the end. I like to do everything in batches. And when we have some more time management episodes, we're going to talk about doing things in batches. So many good things to talk about in this podcast. But one of the concepts behind doing things in batches is that the less time you have to transition between activities, the more efficient and productive you are. And so I don't, I use, my mom used to uh, run loads of laundry and fold in between. She didn't like the clothes to get wrinkled and that's fine. I think that's great if you can do that and make that work. But I just found I was resenting laundry all day. I felt like such a slave 
every 45 minutes to an hour having to go in the laundry room and move a load and stay in there for 10 minutes and fold clothes and put them away. It was just way too tedious for me. And so I realized for me that that fifth step was to fold all the laundry at once. And you know what? It didn't overwhelm me and I didn't mind it. Number one, because I'm consistent with it. So I don't have weeks worth of laundry. I do it each week. And number two, because it's mindless. Remember how we talked about in the last episode how routines free us up so that our minds can do something else creative while our hands are busy. I kind of butchered that quote by Dr. Halverson, but it's a really good one. Um, I'll see if maybe I can pull that up and share it with you in this episode. Oh, nope, I exited out of it. Go back to episode six and catch that quote by Dr. Halverson. It's also in the show notes for episode six, but it just talks about how we can free ourselves up mentally when we have something just that's mindless to do. So I'll fold. And that's when I love, I call my sisters. I listen to a podcast episode. I listen to that book on Audible. Sometimes I'll turn on Netflix and catch an episode while I sit and fold. What's awful about that? What, what is there to hate about that? I get to spend time with the people I love or listening to the things that really uplift me or that I'm interested in. And my laundry's done before I know it. And then I just go put it away. When the kids were younger, we had part of that process was when they came home from school, all the loads were ready. We did it on a Friday. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when it gets to the time. But we did it on a Friday So everyone knew that when they came home from school, they had one or two loads that they needed to fold and put away before they could go play. There was a lot of incentive to get out the door and go play. So that was really fun that we'd all sit and fold for about 15 minutes and then the folding was done and put away and we didn't think about laundry again for the rest of the week. Okay, so that's an example of what my laundry process looks like. Some people that I talk to like to do laundry a couple times a week. Getting it all done in one day is just too overwhelming or they don't have the time for it. And so you need to break it down into whatever process is going to work for you. But we want to be really specific about what those steps are. And then the T for the time, when do you have good energy to do it? Okay, I'm going to talk about my experience again with laundry because I think this is really interesting. For whatever reason, the rule in my head was laundry is done on Mondays. You just always do laundry on Monday. Maybe that's what my mom did. I don't know where that idea came from, but that's when I did it. And it's fine because I have good energy on Mondays. But then I started realizing that for me, Fridays were kind of a throwaway day because my kids were out of school early and I was running back and forth, taking them to friends' houses or we'd have friends over and they'd need me and it was just chaotic. And I couldn't really get any a runway, any mental or emotional runway, any long amount of time or space to be able to do anything creative or productive. I just kind of had these little spurts of productivity, you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And I started to realize laundry is a mindless task. Why am I saving laundry on Monday when I have the best productive creative energy when laundry doesn't take a lot out of me and I really only needed to fold in 10 or 15 minute bursts anyway. Or once we converted to having the kids help, we were able to do it all in a Friday afternoon and be done. So I switched the time to a time that worked better for me. So I want you to think about when is a good time for you to do laundry? Do you have a work schedule or a carpool schedule or a preschooler schedule or something where there are days that you are kind of homebound? 
Because if you have a day like that, that's a really good day to do laundry because you've got to be there to move those loads and then to get it folded and put it away. Do you want to structure it so that you run laundry on one day and fold and put away on the next day? And can we start to infuse that folding and putting away with some positive thought and positive energy, looking at it as, oh, this is one of those wonderful times that I don't need to work hard. Like my, this is zero effort for my brain and I can connect with other people or watch a show or whatever it is that I like to do while I'm doing that to make this activity enjoyable. And again, more on future episodes on this topic, I can feel we need to talk about it, just how we can start to reframe certain tasks We really uh, program certain emotions and experiences into certain tasks, Um, you know, when we think that they're not fun or creative or exciting and we don't enjoy them. uh, Sometimes we kind of taint that experience with those emotions and that mindset and that belief. And so this is why that life coaching aspect of the happy gal way is so important because we have to learn how to pull those things out of these tasks because laundry is a part of life. We've got to get it done. So if it's, it's stitched together with a lot of negative emotion, we want to kind of pick out those stitches and sew it back together with positive energy. And part of that is just what we're talking about today, just this idea that routines serve me and I'm going to ha- create some freedom from laundry by automating this. Okay, so we'll get there piece by piece. We're getting there. Okay, H in the habit hook. What's your habit hook for laundry? Um, I've got to admit, I didn't have a good habit hook for my laundry for a long time. And I'd be going to bed on Thursday night and be tired and ready to climb in bed. And then remember, oh my gosh, I didn't get my laundry sorted and started. And it was miserable because then I had to face that moment of, I really want to get in bed, but I really don't want to start Friday out being so behind with my laundry because I know if I start it the night before, how much faster I'm done with it. So I needed a good habit hook. And what did I use? You better believe I used home base. On Thursdays, part of my home base, uh, my habit hook is that I go start my laundry. And sometimes I'll even start that load right then and just throw it in the dryer later that night or the next morning. So leverage a habit hook whenever you decide to do it so that when you're walking in the door from something, when you're finishing a meal, when you've gotten out of the shower and ready for the day, when you come home from work, there are so many opportunities to leverage those habit hooks for your laundry. Okay. I'm going to step outside the box of traditional organizing and talk about a part of organizing you that is so important, and that's self-care. It can be really hard to do self-care routines for a number of reasons. We might not have the time. We may feel too overwhelmed. We may feel that there is way too many other things that are competing for our attention It's also easy to avoid self-care sometimes if we've been putting ourselves on the back burner for a long time. You know, it can be kind of painful to look at that. But I'm going to take one specific element of self-care. I'm going to say movement, exercise, getting your body kind of moving around. Um, I know sometimes we can have some negative connotations with the word exercise. So if that's you, just let's think of it as movement. Whatever the case, this is an important part of an organized life. Having a body that has energy and can do things is important. It doesn't need to look like the gym. It doesn't need to look like anything super intense. So again, future episodes will address some of these aspects of organizing yourself and what that looks like. But just with exercise, notice how hard that is to do when there's a lot, there's, it's vague. There's not a lot of specific things about how you're going to make that exercise look. 
So let's use the path to a routine and talk about how you can use that for exercise. Pick a specific task. Well, exercise isn't very specific. So maybe that specific task is I'm going to walk with a friend. I'm going to play pickleball. I love that form of exercise. I'm going to go on a hike. I'm going to do jumping jacks. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to play a sport, another sport that I like to do. Okay, whatever it is, let's get specific about what it is that you're going to do. And then let's assign the steps. So for whatever exercise activity that is, am I going to wear certain things? Am I going to need to drive somewhere? Do I need to have a routine picked out to know what to do? Do I need to coordinate somebody to go with? So what are the steps for setting that up so that it is consistent and automated and ready to go? How can I make sure that I always have those shoes, the clothing, the commitments all lined up and I know specifically what it is that I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, how long I'm going to exercise for. Think through all of those different steps and then just notice the more specific you get with that, the more likely you're going to follow through. And again, we've talked about this over and over, but the brain just likes to know what's happening. And so if you make it specific, then the brain's a lot more likely to follow through. Okay, the T for time. When is your energy rhythm to exercise? I have a lot of clients that feel like, well, I have to wake up and do it before my kids go to school or before work. And guess what? That's not a good time for you if you're not a morning person. You can try to force yourself to do it, but eventually your natural rhythms are going to win out. So when do you have a lot of time? I do like to exercise first thing in the morning personally. I've also noticed that sometimes if I exercise in the late afternoon before the kids come home and then sneak in a shower, I have phenomenal energy for the rest of the day. So that's a little treat I like to give myself sometimes when that works. I just, you know, become aware of those time slots that work for you and, and would serve you. And then what is your habit hook for exercise? Is it going to be, again, the moment that the kids are out the door? Is it going to be first thing in the morning? Is it going to be when I walk in from work? Is it going to be on the way home from work? I'm going to stop and exercise. Is it going to be scheduled on certain days when you are coming home from appointments and you can jump right into that activity? So find yourself a habit hook. Okay, a lot of really good examples. I think this is a really important topic, so I wanted to make sure you could see a lot of application with this. The thing that I want to really drive home in this episode is that anything that is a regular task doesn't ever need to be stressful. If you're stressing out over the fact that nobody has clean underwear, If you are overwhelmed because you've run out of milk, if you're embarrassed because the bathrooms are dirty and someone stopped by, if you don't feel like you are taking good care of yourself, anything that needs to be done on a regular basis can be contained in a routine. Now, we're not going to do it all at once. We're going to start out slow. Pick the task that's the most painful. That's what we're going to create a routine around. This is how we're going to start to piece together this organized life. But I just want you to know that it doesn't have to be stressful. Because if it is, then you're just missing the routine. So I really want to invite you to experiment with this. Really want to eliminate that internal clutter, overwhelm, stress, anxiety, procrastination, distraction, discouragement. We can eliminate so much of that 
with routines. Okay, I talked a little bit in the last episode about how routines serve me, and I just want to reiterate, I am so loyal to my routines. I have distilled what needs to be done in my house down to specific categories, and I have routines created around them. And I'm really consistent about doing those because I understand that the more I do those, the more loyal I am to those, the more all of these pieces of life are taken care of. And then I have big open spaces to do things that I really want to do. And so I want to encourage you to start to piece that together just with one simple routine and to remember, be conscious with the thought here. This is so important. Remind yourself, even if it doesn't sound really exciting to plan that menu or to go through the mail or to start that laundry or to work on that work project, remind yourself that sticking to this routine is going to give you the ability to do what you really want to be able to do. And it's amazing how motivating that can be. Okay, so what is your next step here? How can we use this? What's your action? All right, remember in episode three, we just talked about following that pain. You know, once home base is pretty secure, then what is the next most expensive task? So this is how you can start to address that. Create a routine around that and use that PATH acronym to help you do it. Okay, I'm all about spontaneity. I just want to reiterate this. I'm all about being creative. I love wide open spaces without commitments and things to do. And so I'm loyal to my routines so I can give myself a lot of that time. And it can be true freedom, not just this illusion, not this avoidance of all the things that need to be done and knowing that the ax is going to fall as soon as I come home or get done with what I'm doing and I have to face the consequences of neglect. That's a completely different experience and I don't consider that true freedom. What I want to give you is the true freedom of taking care of what needs to be done so you have time for what matters most. Okay, that's it for today. I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks so much for joining. 